Welcome to the 10 Frame Podcast for Emerging Artists, brought to you live from the downtown Savannah rooftop suites at the Savannah Riverfront. My name is Kelly Thompson. And I am Kevin Kirkwood. And you can find us at the 10 Frame on Instagram. On Instagram. And our Gmail, the 10 Frame at Gmail. And you can find me at kellythompsonart.com and on Instagram at kellykthompsonart. And my website is kevinwillpaint.com, and my IG is kevinkirkwood.studio. Today's guest is Melanie Hamilton. She is a multi-talented painter, sculptor, fibers, and installation artist from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Her upcoming show is entitled Exodus at Leggett Studio. That's L-I-G-G-E-T-T-S-T-U-D-I-O.com. Her show is running from January the 13th to February the 3rd, and you can view her work at the gallery website or also at MelanieHamiltonArtist.com. Please welcome Melanie Hamilton. Tell us about your upcoming show. We want to know about your search process for the space, and you know, I just want to know how you got from getting the show set up to getting ready to go. So can you speak a little okay. bit about that? Yeah, of course. As for the space, I, you know, I think, you know, they've always told us in art school that, you know, relationships are the key and to get into your, you know, get involved with your community. And I, um, there is so much truth to that um, in terms of finding a space for my show and getting in with a gallery. Um, You know, we, I've married a, a nomad and so we move about every four years and so I find myself you know starting over and so when we moved to Tulsa four years ago you know I didn't know a soul and um so kind of had to start from square one I started you know going to shows and you know other show, other people's shows and trying to meet people and then I um submitted open calls to several shows and started getting in and meeting people and I submitted to one at um, the Liggett studio where I'm doing my show now um, last year about the same time and it was a she makes art it was a group show and um, got to know the gallery owner through that and he we just um, are kindred spirits I mean we're just you know clicked immediately and you know started talking he did a call in I guess it was September of, the, of this last year, mm-hmm. this year, I guess, um, and for a um, you know group and solo show proposal. So I wrote a proposal for a solo show, the one I'm having now, and um, it was accepted. And it's only one of like one or two solo shows that he's having this whole year. So I feel like I you know kind of hit the jackpot. That's um, awesome. But he really liked you know the vision and kind of what I was proposing. And, what's um, so what's the name of the venue? The space is called Leggett Studio, and it's a it's an art gallery in the front, but then he also has um, studio spaces in the back for artists to rent. Yeah. And then he also has a paper lab in the very back of the studio. Where he makes paper or like yeah, a graphic? Yeah, paper making for like printmaking. Oh, wow. It's 
paper from scratch is really interesting. Um, he's about to expand that. But then he also has, he's a, he's a painter and he's just kind of a jack of all trades, but he's a ceramicist. And so he has a pottery workshop as well. That's not too far from the gallery, but it's in a separate space uh, as well. So he has a lot of, you know, spaces and art making spaces. And he's so supportive um, of, you know, local artists. He was the executive director of a uh, nonprofit gallery for, you know, like 30 years and one of the larger nonprofit galleries in Tulsa. So when he retired, he opened this and really, you know, threw energy into this uh, gallery that he owns now. So I think it's been about 10 years that he's been doing that. So nice. What's the room like? What's the space that you're going to show your work? Um, I forget how many I have. How many linear feet? I, I forgot what that is, but it's it's, it's a large space. Um, he asked me when I submitted my proposal, he called me to ask some questions because he wanted to make sure that, you know, I was had a plan. And, and he had, one of the questions he asked me was, hey, I, you know, this is a big space. Can you fill it? Yeah. And I was nervous when he asked me that. Um, and I, of course, said, oh, yes, of course. Right. <laughs> but then I got on the phone. I was like, oh, my gosh, can I fill this space? You know, and, I found that I even am going to fill the space and be able to edit some of my work. Definitely. You have larger pieces, too, if I remember. Yeah, yeah. So, and then um, Vanessa, one of our professors, she said, you know, you don't have to cram space in every corner and have every wall. It's okay to have some blank spaces. And especially for my installations, she said, you know, have some blank walls behind that. And so that really kind of helped me kind of have a comfort level with the amount of space that we have for the show. So That's great. Melanie, I know you are a multimedia artist in that you paint, you do sculpture, fibers, and now you've got installation work. Can you can you paint a little picture of what's contained in the show and is it thematic? Is there a theme to it? Just walk us through it and let us know uh, what it's going to look like. Oh, sure, sure. Um, well, the theme and the title of the show is Exodus, um, and it's, you know, an investigation into kind of my relationship with the church and leaving the church and why I left the church. And so, you know, all of the paintings and the installation pieces have to do with a narrative that talks about, you know, corrupted morals, the Southern Baptist Church, but churches in general, and also just institutions in general. So it kind of explores the historical framework around that. And um, I'm hoping to have a critical exchange between, you know, kind of contemporary art and Christianity and what it means to be Christian and contemporary art, because I still am a Christian. I'm just, you know, not a Southern Baptist any longer. Anyway, so the show kind of explores those themes. Um, And there um, are a lot of paintings. You know, I'm first and foremost, I'm a painter. And so I'll always love that. I'll always return to that. But um, so many, I mean, this once I kind of hit on this theme and embraced it and decided to go with this, the work just and the ideas just started really just flowing. And, you know, ideas for installations started hitting me. And so I've got four pretty big installations that I'm putting together for the show. One that is going to, as soon as you walk in, you'll see it. And then um, three others. And they kind of get larger as you go back into the space. One is a really, a pretty large 
piece with it's going to be it's going to have a film tied into it and i'm thinking about making it interactive i'm still kind of toying with that even <laughs> two weeks out before the show i'm I'm sure you're going to be tweaking it all the way until uh, the opening day, but is oh, it yeah. does it include video or just give us yeah. what what is the installation? What is it? I use this church. It's um, uh, it's modeled after the Haw Creek Chapel in Round Top, Texas. Which, if you've ever seen that chapel or seen pictures of it, it is just your quintessential little white church chapel. It's, I've it's, seen many many images of it all yeah. in your studio on the walls well, i use that as a sick fire you know throughout my work well, I decided, yeah well, it's beautiful i mean and you yeah, um, you it's definitely a, um an iconic piece of your of your portfolio which i think it's it's a nice anchor no thanks well i built a uh, model of that church it's about um five and a half feet tall um and it's about six feet by four feet um wide um and long and so that is going to be featured and it's going to have um i was going to use real fire the gallerist but steve is just really out there he was like because i did set it on fire actually on purpose yeah on purpose (laughs) um that would have been something i would have done but you know not on purpose let's put this in the alley next door and set it up. <laughs> I thought, oh my God, that's a great idea. How did you, know, you do I, that? I want to learn more about that part. Time. Huh? I, I would like to learn more about that part. What were you, how did you set it on fire? Like with gas or just? Oh, yeah, I just poured like lighter fluid. Because actually awesome. it um, didn't, you know, I thought it would just like go up in flames, but it actually was really hard. Oh. Like, fire so um i had to uh supplement the uh you know like put the wire fluid and things in there so yeah. um, it catch on fire and even then it didn't burn that's because you so, built your house model to code right flame retardant walls and all that yeah actually when i build something i do not play so yeah, don't mess around i mean you know yeah. you never know when some some stranger is going to just come try to light it on fire yeah. so the big bad wolf is going to have a struggle with this one. So. Did you video but, um, it? Did you record it? I set it actually on fire in the alley, but I thought, you know, this is going to be in January and it might be cold. And then how do you, I'm going to have to probably be inside the gallery talking to people. Do I just leave this thing burning out in the alley? You know, I mean, I can see the fire department showing up, shutting the whole thing down. I mean, so. You, you said know, you we, wanted it to be interactive. Exactly. So I would, uh, I would definitely put that up there. So the practicality of that kind of drove us inside. And so I've got a, um, there will be fire, but it will be, um, le- I mean, we're going to do like a fake fire and it'll, it'll look like a real fire, but anyway, we're, we're playing around with that. So, yeah, I think, uh, just bringing up an image in, uh, my grandmother's house, she used to have a fireplace, but the fire, it never had a real fire. She had one of these, it was like, um, a light on like the spinning tube. It had perforated holes and just kind of spun around and it made it look like flames. Yeah, you could do something like that. You know, yeah. Last minute. <laughs> yeah. It was the hokiest thing, but we, I mean, it was, it, you know, it's super retro, probably worth a fortune now. But <laughs> So what's, what's the current thread going through your work right now? Yeah. Um, so kind of 
you know, a one thread, of course, being a woman growing up in the Southern Baptist Church, um, a lot of my work is about women and their role in the church and um, the discrimination against women, not just through the church, but through institutions in general. And so that's kind of, um, you know, my work has taken on that thread. And I just, the hot pants, you know, you guys have seen the hot pants as it's kind of come to fruition. Um, You know, I I developed these hot pants and it's called Hot Pants and for a large wall is the name of the piece. And it's kind of play, I play on the Ellsworth Kelly, you know, work. And I originally, I was going to do, you know, paint the pants, all the colors of the Ellsworth Kelly piece. But then I started making them and I thought, oh, I, you know, I started guessoing the pants and I, to paint them. And I thought, oh, I really like these white and they were flat and white. And I thought, you know, this is kind of what some people want with their women. They want them to be invisible and flat and white and not threatening. And so I, I just homogenized. Yeah. And, you know, Kevin helped me create all the buttons. I uh, took all of the pants that I've got for this piece. I um, removed all the buttons and the labels and recreated them. And so that if you look, you know, if you just look at the pants, you're like, oh, yeah, these are pants. And, you know, some of the pants are really sweet and innocent. Um, and then some of the pants kind of go into even BDSM culture. But you look at the piece as a whole and you're like, oh, they're all pants. But if you look really closely, you know, they have you know, phrases and sayings. And, you know, one of the labels might say, you know, lupa, which is um, a Latin term for whore, or, you know, you just, and when you start looking there, you're like, what does that say that? You know, so you have to kind of step in close and, you know, to pick up on all of those little signifiers. So throughout the pieces, but, you know, I think that that's really such an important, you know, with people like Donald Trump and people like this Andrew Tate guy, you know, that just got into the Twitter fight with Greta Thunberg. I mean, we still have so many people out there today that, you know, they don't, you know, they want to oppress women. And so I think it's a, a, it's an important thing to talk about in, in your work. So did you, did you um, hear about Barbara Walters? She just passed away yesterday. Oh yeah. And yeah, I heard this interview yesterday of her interviewing Sean Connery. Did you hear that by any chance? Oh, I, I've heard it, but I've never. He, he she was interviewing him, and he was talking about, she asked him why he felt that it was okay for men to hit women. And he just was like, you know, you know men don't want to do it, but it's like sometimes they have to. And Barbara just kept leaning into it and just like, getting him to reveal more of his what he believed in it was disgusting obviously but it was probably you know a 30 year old interview so even back in the day it it was nice to see barbara walters stand up to what she believed in and you know telling them that it's wrong she's it was a sign of the times because she said oh you're going to get a lot of mail for this and yeah. Not like email or, you know, today with Greta and Andrew, it's Twitter, I guess. But anyways, I guess it was it was great to see her also lifting up women and what she believes is yeah. right. Yeah, we got, I feel such a, a debt of gratitude to those women and, the you know, the women that fought for the right to vote, um, you know, in the 20s and 30s. Right. People like 
cultures in the 60s and 70s and you know they had such a harder fight than we do but we're still fighting that i mean you know we're still fighting all of these indignities and things and you know these all these men that are so threatened um you know and it's not all men i mean there's a handful but i mean it's just it's you know it's still a battle unfortunately do you think this is like a road that you're going to continue to go down with your work or something Um, else ideas of future work that I want to tackle and I want to introduce but I still the ideas keep bubbling up just just it's like this dam that's overflowing and so I every day I'm like oh I want to do this or you know this new idea comes up and and I've you know I actually created I bought things for four more pairs of pants uh (laughs) last weekend so you know um until I exhaust it I think I'm going to keep with this theme just because it's still I'm feeling really passionate about it and the ideas are still coming and flowing and then I'll move on so I don't know I will see what happens with it it could be you know that like Barbara Kruger I'm never really finished with you know this or may you know end and I may move on to something else so um for a long time I've wanted to explore the idea of uh the Johari window which is um have you guys ever heard of that no what's that it's like yourself is divided into four quadrants imagine a a window with four four sections you know a window pane and there's you know the part of you that you know you know and everybody knows and then there's part of you that um that you keep hidden which is i think is interesting that nobody knows about you but that you keep hidden and then there's the part that that nobody knows about you that you don't know about yourself and then there's a part that everybody knows but you don't know i think donald trump's a good yeah example. his whole window is, is like that yeah you know that everybody he's got knows. he's got tinted window yeah but anyway i just i think it's really fascinating um i always um tell my husband i'm like oh, if there's anything in that section of your window you have to tell me <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the thing about the window though he, he can't yeah. Yeah. So one of my pieces of this show actually is called uh, Jimmy's Johari Window, and it's about Jimmy Swagger, and it's about kind of his hidden self, um, you know, that all those things that he went through in the 80s. So I remember anyway, them. Melanie, I have a question. You have all these different avenues that you're going down. Do you document it? Do you, or how do you document it? Is it journaling or through video? Um, yeah. How do you document your work? A lot of it just stays in my head, but I do try to document it. I I have sketchbooks and the sketchbooks end up being, you know, you'll do a lot of sketches in them, but I'll, you know, tear stuff out of a magazine or I'll, you know, I call it, you know, I also have a kind of a better save it file. I have an email file like that. And I also have a file on my computer for just interesting things that I run across that inspire me and I'll throw them in the file. Yeah. Um, I keep sketchbooks and I'll, I'll write notes and it ends up being you know you don't have your sketch this giant sketchbook with you all the time so it ends up being stuff I've written on a you know cocktail napkin or something that is like scotch paper but um but I try to keep it all together and I'll go home throughout my sketchbook so nice so one of the things I wanted to to ask you is is kind of following your following the same thread that that Kevin threw out there as far as documenting your work Tell us about your studio practice. I'm interested in how other artists set up their practice. Do you have like a set time where you're in 
that creative place? Do you have a studio? I know you're kind of in between places right now. I mean, your studio is probably in the back of the car. Um, but because uh, for mine, I have to treat it like a job in that I'm, I try to get in the studio similar time, a certain day, certain many days a week, just to kind of keep that routine. Just interested to know about yours and how your practice is, is working right now. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, I um, I do like you. I treat it like a job. Um, and I, I try to have a studio that I can go to. And um, it's usually in my house. And I treat that like my workplace. I try not to let those things transfer back and forth. Because I've actually, I worked at home in my other job before I started practicing as an artist full time. And I've always found that, you know, you, you want to have a little separation there is, you know, healthy. So I have a studio and I, I, tre- I do, I treat it like a job. I, I get there in the morning, I'm not really any set time, just kind of, but I'm, I'm usually I'm kind of an early bird. So I get there, you know, when most normal people go to work, I'm usually in my studio. And, you know, try to be in there until my husband gets home from work. But sometimes if I'm really working on something and I'm super, um, you know, when I had a studio in uh, Savannah at SCAD, you know, I'd be there until two o'clock in the morning. Cause I'd be I know. I thought I was the, uh, you know, the late owls and in, in the, in the early birds, but you usually beat me in and I usually left before you. So <laughs> <laughs> I can attest to that. Um, really? and I just can't stop working. That's great. I know, like me, you always had music on or your headphones, you know, going. Do you you find creative inspiration in music? Do you have it going while you're working? Or do you like quiet? Is it just depend on the the mood or what you're painting or what you're creating? um, You know, I... um, I watched the Today Show in the morning because I, I have been working at home either professionally or and as an artist for about 15 years now. And so, you know, it's very isolating. And so um, you, you don't have any coworkers to sit around and talk at the water cooler about, you know, the latest episode of Game of Thrones or whatever. So um, I watched the Today Show in the morning just because I feel like it's some human beings chatting and I'm laughing and, you know, and then I'll turn it off after that's off. And usually I'll turn on music or sometimes it's quiet. I quiet's kind of can be hard though. Cause then your mind starts like, I don't know. Music seems to be something that distracts me enough that I can focus more if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I, I'm the same way. I, I always, I mean, I'm either listening to a podcast or music when I'm, actually in the flow state when i'm creating painting whatever it is i normally have music on mm-hmm. uh, podcast i listen to i mean i love listening to podcasts but it's usually when i'm doing something that's you know like prepping canvas or panels or you know cutting material um, i yeah. can't concentrate as much um on on the creative part if i'm trying to decipher what somebody else is talking about but um so what's on what's currently on your playlist want to know i want to get some i want to get some new tunes on uh on my rotation so i need to know what melanie hamilton is listening to right now well i probably have some music that might make me sound remotely cool which i listen to a lot of like you don't you don't have to sound cool 
you you could still be cool even if it's not yeah. what the cool kids are listening to well i listen to a lot of 80s and 90s alternative like um, lcd sound system that sort of thing but then i like i like the 70s you know the you know give me some good barry manilow all that. <laughs> yeah um my no. i have an 80s playlist on mine too which uh, uh and it's also alternative so i know we had mm-hmm. have some similar tastes but uh but yeah, I just I, I like to know what people are listening to. When you when you go search for something new to put on your playlist, where where do you go? Um, I well I like uh, I listen to Spotify a lot, and so if you know you start listening to certain kinds of music on Spotify, you end up with all kinds of you know really good playlists out there. Um, I just found out for me. I, we've been watching that F one on Netflix, and there's a really some really good playlists attached to that show. So um, yeah, you just I, I like Spotify for new playlists. Yeah, I do the same thing. I just let it run after the playlist is kind of done, yep. and then yep. you'll it'll bring up some random artists that you've never heard before, which is which is a lot of fun. Yep, that's exactly. I have just a a general question: How do people contact you? Maybe Hi. your Instagram is a good spot for people to find you yeah or? yeah i i you know i've been kind of bad about that i'm picking it up a little bit because the show's coming out but um yeah i i'm good at making the work i'm terrible at promoting the work and i've got to get better at that um you know and start getting more disciplined i need you know i've always like okay i'm gonna make a schedule and you know, every Wednesday afternoon from three to five or every Wednesday morning, I'm going to sit down and do Instagram, but then I don't do it. So, um, I don't know. Yeah. Like most <laughs> artists, that's not priority. Um, yeah. So yeah, we're trying to share information to emerging artists, artists who don't have successful or major careers that are in place right now. So if you, if you, if you had any, advice for somebody who's i mean you found a gallery and you mentioned you know just getting into your community and making those connections would you say that that's probably is that one of the most important things that you would put out there for a a young artist as far as getting into you know getting into the routine you know i think your social media profile is important and here i am saying that and you know i'm not doing it so um you know, it's just there's a difference between being able to talk about it, your work and being passionate about your work and then promoting your work. That just feels different. I think for artists, that's really difficult to, you know, to be a self promoter. I, I don't think we like that. I think, um, you know, in a way, it's almost embarrassing. So I think we all need to get better at being proud of, you know, I'm proud of what I'm doing, but selling it is that that putting on that hat is I think hard so being good at self social media and networking and building it it's not just networking it's building relationships building real deep relationships in your community and here you know here I am starting over in a new community again in Charlotte and you know I've been to one Friday night art walk when I was here looking at houses last time they didn't have any this time or I would have gone so just trying to get out there and meet people and I'll start as soon as I can actually physically get here you know full-time I'll start you know submitting to shows and um, submitting to calls when they open and things like that so um, you know just starting over again (laughs) what what is your Instagram handle it's Mel Hamilton artist 
Okay. And you have a website that you're working on that's just not updated, or you, do you not have one yet? Yeah. Let me, after we get off the call, send that to you. Is that okay? Yep. No worries. I guess I, I have one last question. What about, so Kelly asked you about future plans. Do you have a studio that you're hoping to get into, or are you going to continue working out of your house, or is it? Is that too early to ask, I guess? Yeah, no, it's not at all. Um, we, when we've been looking at houses, I've been, everyone we go into, I'm like, okay, where's my studio space going to be in this right. house? Because I kind of like working at home. Yeah. Um, well, I like having both. I like the best of both worlds, actually. If I, if I, in an ideal world, I'd have a home space where I can roll out of bed at any time of night, and run downstairs and start painting if I have an idea. But I also like that kind of, it, in an ideal world, I'd find a maybe shared studio space somewhere with other artists because yeah. I think it's really important to, you know, just that camaraderie and that collaboration is super important. So I kind of like to have both if I can, even if it's just a corner somewhere in the house and then, you know, a small studio space somewhere. Um, we'll see. There's a, there's a lot of opportunities here in Charlotte for spaces like that. Um, they're pretty hard to get into so i'm gonna have to start building some relationships and meeting people to kind of maybe get into some of those um so we'll see what happens i think i'm the same way where i want to have two spaces but for the same reasons that you've just laid out you want to have a you 2 a.m and you just have a great idea you want to get it down but what i keep running into personally is it always seems like the color that i needed at that moment is at the other studio and there's it seems I find myself spending too, so much money on material trying to make it convenient for both spaces, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, true. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, you're I think right. I'm a huge proponent of being in a communal space, and I know you were only at Alexander for for one quarter, but it was very helpful for me to have you in the neighborhood <laughs> um, mm -hmm. to bounce ideas off of. You know, that's that's something that I think it's. I mean, obviously, every artist is different, but one of the things I've, I'm fearful of is kind of losing that once, you know, once I'm out doing my own thing, having, you know, a space in a different location. And not all communities have those communal spaces or good ones. So I think right. it's, it's also important that if you don't have that in your community, you can create that. You know, you, could, you could have a meeting space. You could do it via Zoom. I know Zoom yeah. is not the best, but um, I yeah. I think it's like you said you get you get kind of isolated in your own space. You need you need human beings to talk to. Absolutely, yeah, you're definitely right. I know in Tulsa, um, there was an artist. I'm on a several uh, social media groups of just local artists, and one of the artists was talking about that, and you know how she misses the camaraderie of being around other artists, and so she started this thing on thursdays where everybody meets up at a it's at this uh it's called the gathering place in tulsa it's this really amazing space and they have allowed artists to come in on thursdays and paint or sketch or whatever and so um she started this thing where everybody meets on thursday afternoons and you know they just kind of it's you know they just, just group create so even something simple like that where you're just like meeting up once a week is better than nothing i think i think you get so much inspiration and camaraderie and friendship i think that's so important so i totally agree obviously you want to be in, in a place where 
others are respectful of your space too mm-hmm. you know or our studio space where we have 50 studios you know if you don't want to see or talk to anybody just close the door yeah um, so i think it's 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 pretty manageable but speaking of future endeavors again i know if you had a crystal ball where do you see melanie hamilton's work in say a year maybe five years down the road where where do you see yourself are you going to be are you going to have gallery representation what what do you what do you hope for you know i um really have no idea what um, i'm focusing on right after this show i'm going to really focus on um applications to residencies so i would you know love to do some a residency or two over the course of the next five years especially and then just you know applying and getting into shows group shows maybe another solo show um, in a year or two but definitely group shows for sure and then just focusing on getting you know getting shows getting in you know i don't know about gallery representation i think i think you know if you do the work and then are you're applying to shows, applying to residencies. I think all of the other things will come. And I think that, you know, we'll just have to see what happens. Um, I, I don't really know. Of course, I'd, you know, it'd be awesome to be in the Venice Biennale or, you know, something like that. But, I mean, who knows? We'll see you there. A little birdie told me there's, there's a group show in the works. Coming up, yeah. Somewhere in greater yeah. Miami area that uh, we'll yeah. have to talk about later on, so. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, same here. <laughs> Melanie, it's been really nice talking to you, and congrats on your show. Oh, thank you. All righty. All right, Melanie, it was great talking to you, and uh, yeah. good luck with the house hunt, the move, and uh, we look forward to uh, to hearing all about the show. All righty. Thanks. All right, all right Melanie, thank you. Bye-bye. If you have something that you want to hear or somebody you would like to be interviewed or yourself, you can email us at the10frame at gmail.com. Or you can also direct message us through the Instagram account at the10frame. Bingo, bingo, bongo. Yeah. Peace out.